What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford, a Victory Monday edition of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here. Big thanks to tuning in. If you are a regular, appreciate you coming back to the Man Cave. New time listener, hopefully we can make you a regular listener to the pod we're talking Packers in this episode, an epic comeback from the green and gold against the Saints. We're also going to chat uh, with Justice Cleveland, who was covering the game. He was in Green Bay. We're going to get his thoughts uh, on the game, but let's just jump into it. All right, it is Victory Monday. Get your uh, victory scotches out. Get uh, your beverages out or whatever. Sit back and relax, and let's talk a little football here. And let's just call a spade a spade. The first three quarters were awful. Just garbage. It was whatever word you want to use to describe, and I'm sure a lot of words that you want to use, we can't say on the air, right? Can't say, don't want to get in trouble, don't want to get fined, don't want to get fired, or anything like that. But nonetheless, Packers, fourth quarter, turning around. I don't know, I was like, yeah, I'll just say this. You know, when they're driving, they're getting there, and then the throw to Patrick Taylor that it was a fourth down, and, you know, fourth and two, Patrick Taylor was wide open. Patrick Taylor either stopped on the route or Jordan Love threw too far ahead, miscommunication there. I'm like, okay, that's 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 probably at, you know, kind of hanging around there. We always, we always seem like to talk about it over the years, you know, Green Bay's letting them hang around, letting them hang around, and Saints kind of letting them hang around and such, but... But at that point, I'm like, ah, okay, probably not. But, oh, it said, hold on. The the analogy that I kind of used uh, yesterday, when I was talking to a couple people, or I put it up on Twitter, was like, you know, Jordan Love, some of the players, they went uh, full-on Pedro Serrano from, from Major League and said, you know what, Joe Boo, I do it myself, sort of thing. Can't I exactly quote uh, the movie. But anybody who knows has seen the movie, watched the movie, loves the movie, knows exactly what I'm talking about. So, uh, exciting win last night, I'll tell you, at uh, at the Casper household, little man and myself, little Hudson and I, were, uh, were, we were watching it uh, downstairs, and soon as, uh, as soon as Love hit Dobbs with that insanely good catch, we were, we were hooting and hollering, and then when uh, New Orleans missed the, the field goal, Let's just say Dad might have picked up Hudson and carried him around the house, sort of thing. Because I, oh man, I was pumped, pumped. Not just for a win in Week Three. Obviously, that's you know that's the most important thing. That's that's a fantastic thing. But for me, you go into the game, your, your entire left side of your offensive line done, and you're going up against a Saints defense that's a really good defense. It, it, they're, they're a solid unit, an incredibly solid unit. So you go into this game, Jordan Love making his first career start at Lambeau Field. You don't have Christian Watson. You don't have your best offensive player in Aaron Jones, skill position player. You don't have your all-pro, pro bowl, left tackle, left guard. You know, you're going into that. And on the defensive side, you don't have Jair Alexander. But just looking at it for, from the offensive standpoint here, you don't have those guys. The cards are stacked against you, right? Cards are stacked against you. And 
the the thing that I've been saying that has impressed me more than anything, I don't care about quarterback ratings, QBRs, touchdown passes, or anything like that. The thing that has impressed me the most about Jordan Love in the first couple weeks of the season has been the poise, has been the confidence. It's been the moment doesn't seem big for, for Love. He doesn't panic. Like we see a lot of younger quarterbacks, quarterbacks making their first few starts or anything like that. Look at the Jets right now with Zach Wilson. You know, examples like that. Love has it done. And he did it again yesterday. He did it again yesterday. Down 17 nothing in Lambeau. Frustration obviously boiling. And we're going to get to the penalties too. You factor in how many flipping penalties that they had, especially in the offensive side with with those young guys up there. But to overcome all that, to to overcome that, to overcome a 17 nothing deficit, to, to have that moxie, to have that confidence, to have that uh, little Joe Cool type of feel to it, that was freaking impressive. That was impressive. To me, maybe it's just me, and I get it. I might be a little too amped up yet from from the W. But this is going to be such a huge game, how this game played out. This is going to be such a huge game for Love and and this young team's growth, the entire team's growth. These Jaden Reed, Romeo. Musgrave, what you know? List any of those youngsters? They're the youngest team in the entire league. This is going to be such a huge game for this team's growth, and that's what's got me so pumped up. And that's why you, as Packers fans, should be too, because there was still some pessimistic Packers fans after the game. At the end of the game, well, they got lucky. Who gives a rip? Sometimes in sports, you need a little luck. You need the ball to bounce your way. Sometimes that has to happen. Did they get lucky because the kicker missed the field goal at the end? Absolutely. Duh. Would it have been different with Derek Carr in the game instead of Jameis Winston? Maybe. But I guarantee you the Saints weren't going to apologize if they picked up the win to go 3-0 and and they didn't have to, you know, go up against Jair or have to figure out how to stop Aaron Jones or, gosh darn it, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins weren't playing, so maybe we should just put a little, you know, asterisk next to that. No. I'm not going to apologize for that. So, blah, blah, blah about the whole Jameis Winston coming in for, for Derek Carr crap. Saints weren't going to apologize for the other guys missing time for, for Green Bay. And then we even mentioned Devondre Campbell leaving the game early for an ankle injury. This was a team W. This was a team win. But that's why we should be pumped. That's why we should be excited to see these youngsters not have that quit in them. Not have that like, oh, you know what, today's just not our day. Down 17 nothing, heading into the fourth. We've got so many penalties. 
You know, Jordan Love missed some throws. There's no doubt about it. Jordan Love did not play a perfect game. He, what was what has been, you know, kind of the the knock on him all training camp preseason is like guys got to improve the deep balls, got to improve the accuracy in the deep ball. Well, there was one where he missed a wide open Luke Musgrave for a big touchdown. We can pinpoint all that. No doubt about it. He was not perfect. Nobody was perfect in this game. But the fact that they're able, they were able to move on to the next play, to battle out of their own miscues and their own mistakes for a young team like that, that to me is what has me the most pumped about this. And this is what I think could pay huge dividends down the road. It's great that they got a week three win to go two to one and setting up a big week four matchup against Detroit. But this is something that maybe at the end of the season we're looking at. Maybe it's next year. But to see the resilience of this young team in that game, that is what has me the most excited, most pumped about this ball club. Beginning of the year, we were talking about, man, watching watching Love grow with, with these young receivers, with, the, with this young team, it's going to be exciting. We all said there's probably going to be ups and downs. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be a lot of frustration. We saw that frustration in the first three quarters of the game yesterday. But to see that that moxie, that uh, that not quit attitude, and not to pick on the guy, but come on now, let me let me just throw this example out there, Packers fans. Wasn't it kind of a breath of fresh air? Again, I love the guy on the field. Very thankful for how many years, but wasn't it kind of a breath of fresh air to not see the camera? Panned in on Aaron Rodgers' face. If Aaron Rodgers in that game and everything was going on, the same thing, the penalties, you know, whatever, to not see the, you know, the look. We all know the look I'm talking about, right? We we we, we all know the look that I'm talking about, or, or or the frustration or the the muttering of words. Wasn't that kind of a breath of fresh air, right? Everybody leads differently. I understand that. It was just kind of a nice breath of fresh air to not be like, oh, body language again. You know, the two words that we had to talk about for how many times in the last few years, last couple of years, body language. Jordan Love had some pretty darn good body language. This team, this entire team had some pretty darn good body language. Right? That's what has me the most excited. This first three quarters were garbage except for the defense I, I i feel like some people are are very are, are criticizing joe barry and, and criticizing the the defensive performance when they really shouldn't be i i thought it was a solid game plan now it's not to say that the saints have an overpowering offense by any means and i know heading into this game you looked at it like oh wow they have the 10th most offensive yards in the league well that was just two weeks into it but as we said in the uh, Green and Gold Tailgate show on Sunday morning, there was absolutely no reason why this run defense shouldn't be able to stop the Saints from rushing. They did that. They 
shut out the Saints offense in the second half. They didn't allow Jameis Winston to get in a little bit of groove. Remember, this was the same Jameis Winston too that what, two years ago when when it was uh they had to move the game to Jacksonville to open up the season and Jameis Winston was having his day against this Packers defense. And Winston was ten of sixteen. But they didn't allow him to do anything. They shut it down and really only gave up 10 points. And, and the thing is, those seven, short field, right away at the beginning of the game, if Green Bay decides to punt in that situation instead of going for it, pin them back. Maybe they don't score. Maybe they can't drive the length of the field. I thought defense, for some reason, there was uh, – a little bit of, I think, maybe unjustified uh, flack towards towards Joe Barry and, and this defensive group. I mean, yeah, he went up. They, you know, they they played against Jameis Winston for what a quarter, quarter and a half, or whatever it is. Thing is, they didn't allow he the defense didn't allow Jameis Winston to go out there and move the ball up and down the field against them. They did exactly what you're supposed to do in that situation. Exactly what you're supposed to do. And boy, would do Green Bay. Speaking of defense, can you pay up Rashawn Gary right now? Guy is still on a pitch count. And the guy goes out there and gets three sacks. Completely is just wrecking. I mean, I found myself at the end of the game just saying, Rashawn, go get him. Rashawn, go get him. Because that was kind of the day he's been having. That's kind of how he's been having, you know, this this season, the first three weeks of the season. It's like he's kind of unblockable at this point. Go pay him. He's he's earning it. I mean, that contract is just getting up higher and higher and higher every every week so far in the first three weeks of the season. Guy was a monster on the edge. A monster on the edge. So yeah, we can nitpick. We can go through every you know quarter, certain drives here, certain play calls. You know the fourth and two at the beginning of the game. You know the throwback to the law of it. That that was just a disaster. Although Dontavian Wicks was open. You know if Emmanuel Wilson makes a good throw to, to Jordan Love, probably does pick up the first down to, to Dontavian Wicks wide open and Jordan Love had to like throw it with while doing the splits for crying out loud. We can nitpick every single thing if we want to. We can nitpick every negative thing and still be like, yeah, they won, but no. We knew heading into the season it was going to be up and down. There was going to be some inconsistency. There was going to be some frustrating times. So to me, when I look at this, when I look at that game yesterday and I see all what, what transpired, how it ended, biggest thing I take away besides a win is that young team never gave up, never quit, never stopped believing. They could have easily folded it in, especially after that play where you miss Patrick Taylor for an easy fourth and two pickup. And you could kind of just sense, and I know one of the, I think it was Ryan Wood who, who covers the Packers, or somebody, one of the writers said, you could just, you know, it was like a the wind got sucked out of the stadium. And it kind of felt like that watching on TV. It was like, oh, that's, that's probably the play that just, you know, if there was any hope of a comeback, that probably just solidified it. Nope. 
at all. And, and another thing that just impressed me, or what has been impressing me with, with love here, the guy is trusting his receivers. The guy's trusting his receivers for for a young guy. You know, he kept going to, to Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed making a great catch over number one. Romeo Dobbs. We know we know Jordan Love trusts Romeo Dobbs. But to go out there and spread the ball and and completely trust his guys. How many times have we talked about Rodgers and trust and oh man, maybe only you know, dialing into one receiver. It's the only guy he's going to be looking for in a situation like this in a in a in a must go drive. He's he's you know tunnel vision on on one receiver. Jordan Love hasn't been like that so far for for a young group. He's going out. He, he's giving the ball to Dontavian Wicks. He's he's targeting Romeo Dobbs. He's he's looking for Jaden Reed. He's trying to hit Luke Musgrave. It's just that that's another kind of breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? But that that's the that's what I'm looking for in this season and in these games. Is is things like that, is this this continued growth. I don't know how the rest of the season's gonna play out. I'm assuming there's gonna be more games where it's gonna be incredibly frustrating and disappointing and and you know Maybe similar to, to what we saw yesterday where there's three quarters of just garbage and then one good quarter. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. But there's so many positive things I think you can take away from that game yesterday besides the win. Some may not like, some may not even care about that. Some may just be like, I only care about the wins and you know Super Bowls every year. That's fine. That's fine. That is completely fine to have those expectations. But when I'm looking at it, and when we saw all those inactive lists come out, with with those five major starters, it's like, oh boy. All right. You know, maybe with a guy, you know, in the past with, with Rodgers as your quarterback, you're like, okay, we still got a shot. There was probably a little bit of pessimism. I'll raise my hand. I'll be honest. There was a little, yeah, I'm like, oh God, that's going to be hard to go about now. That, that, that's a big mountain to climb. They got it done in the last quarter. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Impressive win. Maybe I'm putting too much into it. It is just a week three game. I'm looking at it in terms of of growth and continued growth here. That to me was darn impressive. And and I know there's gonna be there's always gonna be pessimistic and maybe a little very critical fans, and that's fine. That is completely fine. Everybody's got their own opinions and thoughts. But for anybody, in my opinion, who is like, yeah, but, you know, they did this wrong and they should have done this and they got lucky and all that. Hey, come on. Let's let's enjoy the W, all right? It's a victory Monday. Let's let's enjoy it. I don't know if we're going to – I don't know how many more games we'll win this year or what. I'm enjoying the wins. I'm, an, I'm enjoying a 2 and one start right now. That's set up for a, a fantastic week four matchup. At home, Lambo better be rocking. If anybody's going to that game Thursday, you better be loud. It's going to be a great game. 
Man, it's going to be an up and down season. There's going to be a lot of frustrating points, and there's going to be a lot of like exciting points too. But the growth, see, oh man, I'm still just so pumped up about that performance. One thing too, I hope doesn't get lost in this whole thing. Romeo Dobbs had himself a game yesterday too. Made a couple of incredible catches, including that touchdown catch, but also the the fingertips uh, fingertip stretching catch uh, as well. I mean that that was fantastic too. These these young receivers just balled out and helped out Jordan Love there too. Rashawn Gary, man, you know I know I talked a little bit about him and a lot of you uh, picked him as for, for your game balls and you'd be exactly right to, on that one too. If you had have haven't had a chance to watch uh, the video, I don't know if it's on Facebook. I did see it on Twitter, but uh, the Packers uh, released a video when. When Lafleur was uh, handing out the game balls and such, and uh, you know, he said we got two, uh, and, and the first one he gave uh, was, was to Rashawn Gary, and he said, "I don't know anybody in this room who wouldn't want to go to war with this guy." And he talked about Rashawn Gary, and you could just the the emotion on Rashawn Gary's face, like it like it hit him there, and you can just tell this guy just wants to ball, loves to play ball. It means a lot for him to go out there and play ball. And if you didn't listen to his presser. After the game, too, it was all about the team and uh, how he can impact the team. It wasn't about him and his three sacks. It was how can he impact the team. And he was even critical right away. He's like, I gotta, I gotta watch the tape right away. He's like, I gotta watch some of the tape. And you know, there was probably a couple other ones there that I could have done a better job at or, or gone after the quarterback. Always looking to get better. Always looking to to grow. But the passion from from fifty two. From, from Rashawn Gary over there and to see the emotion on his face too and you know ending the season not how he wanted to last year still coming back from that ACL to go out there and have three sacks I'm sure why wouldn't you be emotional but it was just it was such an awesome video if you didn't get a chance to, to go check it out again I don't I'm assuming it's on Facebook if it was on Twitter too but man it was awesome it was awesome so Let's take a quick break, but uh, coming up after these words, we'll uh, chat with Justice Cleveland, WEAU 13 News Sports Director. He was at the game, covering the game. We'll get his thoughts after the quick break. Hey there, smart shoppers. Get ready to experience the ultimate grocery adventure at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. From fresh produce to gourmet delights, Hy-Vee is your go-to destination for quality and variety. Explore their aisles brimming with everything you need. Whether it's a family feast or a quick snack, they've got you covered. Every aisle is an adventure in good taste. And if you need a cold beverage afterwards, stop by the bar at Wahlburgers to quench that thirst. Shop smart, shop happy, shop Hy-Vee. Elevate your shopping game at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire today. Get ready to rev up your driving experience at Toys and Ford, your ultimate destination for top-notch vehicles and exceptional service. Whether you're in the market for a sleek new car, a rugged truck, or a versatile SUV, Toys and Ford has the ride that suits your style and needs. Toys and Ford's commitment to quality and customer satisfaction is unmatched. Experience the thrill of driving a Ford, backed by their dedicated team's expertise. Don't miss out on the best in automotive excellence. Visit Toys and Ford today or explore the inventory at toysandford.com. WEAU 13 News Sports Director Justice Cleveland joining us uh, after, well, he, he just returned from Green Bay late last night covering uh, another home opener. What would you say, 20 years you've been covering? This is the 20th, yeah, 20th year 
My first game wasn't the opener that year, but it was against San Francisco. Tim Rattay, oh starting God. with Dennis Erickson coached <laughs> San wow. Francisco 49ers team. Wow, that's throwing it back there, dude. Yeah, 2003. Man, the, life. remember what? How that season ended? 2003. 2003. That would have been. Was that the uh, Minnesota? That wasn't the one. That was fourth in 26. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Would it have been the following year when it was? Uh, was the, the Minnesota? Moss. Yeah. I was like the Minnesota car. I was. I guess I was looking at uh, the final game of the regular season. Oh, you know, yeah, that was the year that they snuck in because right. of the, the Cardinals Tyrone Pool yeah, got yep. the key to this. That's Nathan, right, Nathan Pool, Nathan, some pool. Yeah, Tyrone Pool. I think was a Nathan Pool. Like had one game where, yeah, well, he got the key to the city. He got the key. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was a Green Bay that following week, wasn't he, or something yeah. like that? As a guess, so man alive, that was a crazy that. season. Yeah, uh, Justice Cleveland Sports Director Extraordinaire W E A U thirteen News uh, joining us this morning. Justice was at the game yesterday, covering it. Uh, so, looking good in the suit. I saw the selfie oh, post uh, up there, big guy. So, um, <laughs> first three quarters, not a whole lot going on. No. Fourth quarter, where does that uh, rank for you in terms of like holy cow moments? Maybe for me, I don't think I've ever seen a Packers team look so dead in the water mm-hmm. for three quarters. And come back and win a game. Yeah. There was no life to that team for three quarters. They were making every mistake you could make was being done. The only thing saving them was, A, the defense actually was playing pretty good, considering how much they were out there and how much the offense was doing nothing. And then the B, I think the Saints just were just as inept in the second half as the Packers were for the first three quarters. Right. So I I has... I was ready. The game was over. In my mind, it was seventeen nothing. I'm not going to lie. I started writing my stand ups. Yeah, thinking the game was over. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a way, I am responsible for this, guys. <laughs> I, I want a little credit. I reverse jinxed the Packers into a win because you start winning. whenever you think something's decided in sports, mm-hmm. usually that changes. But yeah, I had my Packers haven't scored a touchdown in five quarters. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah, go back to last week. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I had it like all that stuff written down. I mean, yeah. growing pains. You know, young team yeah. that couldn't do anything, and then <laughs> yep. they got the field goal, and you're like, okay, maybe, mm-hmm. right. It was like the the Patrick Taylor fourth and two missed throw there. Right, it was that like, was it. That was to me. That was the game. Yeah, I was like, oh, like I don't know if it was like that city, but it just felt like the wind was like, okay, that's it. If like there was any any shot, it was thrown out the window after that play. Yeah, but the, I mean, the thing was, the Saints couldn't do anything on offense. Mm-hmm. Jameis couldn't get any momentum going. So the, to have them come back the way they did in the fourth quarter, I don't know if I've seen. Even in the, the the Aaron Rodgers, there was some amazing comebacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the one I think of was it the opening against the Bears where he where he came, broke his leg or the knee or yeah, whatever. Yeah, thought he was done and he came back and led him yep. to the victory. That's yeah. probably about as close as an opener that I can think of. Mm-hmm. There's been some good op- home openers. I think the the Vikings Packers tie. Yep. Not that that's as me- you know <laughs> it's a memorable for that, but yep. yeah. But this one was just they were dead. Mm-hmm. I th- I thought it was over for sure, and then they didn't, which is key for them. And like we saw the week before, you've got to play four quarters in the NFL because mm-hmm. 18 points went real quick. Yeah, back to the Packers. So just credit to the team. You know they, they could have, as a young team, could have folded. Yep, they didn't let them fold. Yep, and they executed perfectly, basically in the fourth quarter for as bad as they executed for three quarters. As many penalties as they got in the yeah. first three quarters, 
mainly that offense. Mm-hmm. For them to come back and right the ship, it's funny because two-minute drill, it, it, you go back to Rodgers, you go back no. to Favre. They just have quarterbacks that have that natural instinct. When they're running that hurry-up offense, mm-hmm. they they almost look more in rhythm than they do the whole game, and right. that was Jordan Love. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned the the Aaron Rodgers opener from from 2018. You know, not to downplay it or anything like that, but it's like okay, Aaron Rodgers, a little bit more established MVP quarterback. You know, you feel yeah. these comebacks that are possible, but for flipping Jordan Love in his first career home start, <laughs> and those young wide receivers, right, with an offensive line where your two best linemen didn't play in the game. That's the biggest thing I take away. Not as ju- isn't just I'm getting goosebumps talking about this man, um, <laughs> but you know it's not just the win. The biggest thing I took away from that is like these guys, like they just got no quit in them. No, there, there was like it was, and, and the thing that I've been most impressed about with Jordan Love, even before that game, and I was talking about before that game, has been the moxie, is the confidence that he's kind of displayed. Like because you're right. I mean, how many other games or players would be like, okay, you know, today's not our day, you know, sort of thing. It's just like. The poise that he yeah. has displayed so far this year and the highs and the lows, that's what's impressed me the most about Jordan Love, I think, so far. And after the game, Romeo Dubs talked about that. He's like, the mm-hmm. poise, you guys don't see it. Any other quarterback would have probably got flustered, yeah. especially with things were going wrong, like the, the Patrick Taylor pass where yeah. somebody ran the wrong route there. I'm right. Well, it wasn't Jordan Love because he's yeah. throwing the ball. <laughs> but, yeah, like that could have been that. In, in a Rodgers moment, and you even saw a little bit from Love there, but yeah. Rodgers, that would have been cursing him out on oh, the that's field. Oh, I mentioned in the first hour, I'm like, it was not to not, because great player, but it was a little bit of a breath of fresh air not to see the body language. Because right. can you imagine if everything played out that way, the first yeah. three quarters, body language experts would have been out. The cussing, yeah. you know, the frustration on the sidelines sort of thing. There were so many things that could have snowballed from him. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's throwing that frustration, the whole team could throw it. But they didn't. Right. And they came back and somehow managed to score 18 points in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, Dromian Dub said that's what people don't see is, like, this guy is even keeled the whole time. And maybe that's why he was able to handle all this with the Rodgers as well as he did. Yeah. Like, maybe he just doesn't get too upset about things. And right. That's uh, Not that Rodgers really got ever crazy upset. We never right. saw him... You know Tom Brady throwing the surface tablet and destroying it like right. that, but it's it's that whole team's a breath of fresh air, and for them to come out and what, somebody had the I was talking to Philip for Shorze, our weekend anchor, and I don't know how much dead cap the Packers had or how much cap that yeah. was sitting on the bench or injured list. Let me see if I can find that because you're it right, like seventy three million or something. I think like it was that. more than that. Let me let me. But see it, was, it was like a it, majority of their cap room. Yeah, was not playing that game. Here it is. Uh, so the 2023 salary cap is 224.8 million. The Packers played and won a football game with 118 and a half million dollars. 53 percent of that cap space unavailable on the field, and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's you know the talk was during like the, th- the first three quarters of like, okay, well, how do we judge this team? Obviously, the Bears are not a good team. Right, they beat that team. Atlanta's probably a middle-of-the-road team, and maybe the Saints are closer to a top tier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is, but... Good defense questions, I think, on yeah, offense. Yeah, and once Carr was knocked out, that mm-hmm. changed the whole moment of the game, too. You can't discount how much that changed right. what was going on there. But to have all the, but then you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, maybe they kept these guys out because they knew they had a short week, and they needed, they'll needed they need Jones and Watson and Bakhtiari and Jair, LJ, yeah. <laughs> Jair for this game against the Lions. But for them to do it without multiple just 
big time players. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, and that just makes you think: what happens if they get all these cogs back in, and this wheel is spinning at full speed? Right. What can happen on this offense? And man, I, I can't wait to see what can happen. And I love just the the play design and, and and the openness of the offense compared to what it was. Yeah. There's the confidence, or the, I should say, maybe the trust factor with love. He's he's targeting Reed. He's targeting Romeo. He's oh, yeah. targeting Musgrave. He's he's targeting Dontavian Wicks. Yeah, you know, not the tunnel vision. Like, okay, I got one guy I can go to. No, you know, he's spreading the ball, and even with some drops or, or t- but those tight throws and the and the catches those guys were, were making, like Reed and Romeo too. Yeah, like I don't want that to be forgotten. With all this, Romeo had himself a game oh, he did. W- with some of those catches. And you just it ima- you imagine if Christian Watson's lined up, mm-hmm. how much that's going to free him yeah. up more. Yep. And, and a lot of those throws that were missing in the first half, that was credit to the Saints. I mean, Love was making these throws that he had to make, but the Saints had such tight coverage. There was a lot of, you saw it like with a, to the back of a Saints defender where they were trying to mm-hmm. do these timing routes. The Saints were there for three quarters. Yeah. There was a couple that you know are a little the off Musgrave, the Musgrave yep. ones, the one that I think sticks out the most. Right. And, and even the the splits throw. Yeah. <laughs> if he just somehow if Emmanuel to... makes that throw, that's a that's a perfect throw. Then I think. Yeah. Love gets uh, Dontavian, who was wide open. Yeah. I, think, right? I mean, yeah. that's a yeah. touchdown. Right. It's a broken play. I see it in high school. <laughs> On broken plays, somehow somebody forgets their assignment, and then mm-hmm. and that's what happened there. But yeah, I mean, the Saints' defense was playing tough against those receivers the whole time but they stuck with it. Yeah. They didn't change their you know change what they were doing and then in the, started connecting in the fourth quarter. Luke Musgrave had a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean he if he would have had that big catch it would have been a better game but yep. he was the one guy who was getting open yep in those first three quarters. So yeah. the fact that he was doing that and kept the confidence maybe for Love to yeah. keep taking these shots it ended up in a victory. Yeah. What was so you were in the locker room yes. afterwards? What was the energy or the, oh. the feel like in there after that? Well, just seeing like the coaches walk, everybody walk into the locker room. It was like they'd won a playoff game. Yeah. Like everybody was just pumped. Joe Barry, I, I saw, he came down the elevator, and like that whole defensive unit, the coaching staff came out and they were just pumped, hugging. Yeah. Players were coming up to him because I think as much as you know the public bemoans Barry at times his players love him mm-hmm. and that you could tell that like that love was coming out when when they were walking towards the locker room there. yeah and everybody was happy in that locker I mean if I was thinking for three quarters this is going to be one of the worst locker rooms we go if they lose 17 nothing 24 nothing yeah at home no one's gonna want to talk and then it just flip a switch to an amazing win and now you're two and one, and you have a chance to battle for the top of the conference, or not the conference, the division, right? This week, so it just is an amazing quick tur- turn of events in like a 45 minute span, right? It's an insanely quick turnaround with all those emotions yeah. over there too. But I guess the the positive part of it is is at home, right? And it is against Detroit, so you kind of have to have that hyper focus uh, on it there. Oh, you do. That's a team that. Oddly enough, now the Lions have had the Packers number after the Packers had their number for like 15, 18 years. Mm-hmm. That was almost 20 years, wasn't it? It was yeah, something, something crazy. Like Now Detroit's showing that they have the upper hand in this rivalry, so it's time for the Packers to turn it around and yeah. we'll see what they can do on Thursday night. Do you get the sense, like I feel like that's the case, and I know Lafleur downplayed it before the game, but going back to those guys who were inactive, does it? did you get the sense or do you get the sense that Okay, they were probably held out because it is a short week afterwards. You know, they I know they said on the telecast, you know, when they talked to Aaron Jones, he thought he was going to play and 
You know, I know Jair's back injury, I think, spiked up over the weekend or Friday or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, Bakhtiari, who, that's such a wild card. We don't know at this point. You know, I don't, sort of yeah, thing. I think we're going to feel like he's going to be, I, I don't know, I almost have say like Roger Clemens at the end of his career where he'd pick and choose when he yeah. would start pitching again. Right. That almost feels like at this point with that knee. Yeah. That, you, that's what we're at. Did you get this? Do you get the sense that maybe a couple of those guys were probably held out because they had their eye on, on the lines? Maybe more specifically Aaron Jones? I think they, yeah. I think in a way it was like, okay. We have another game coming up here in four days. Mm-hmm. We might as well get these guys as healthy as we can. Because I think, I mean, you think about with a hamstring, they go out there and do that and then have to go right back to work right. in four days. With if, And if they tweak anything, they're done for another two or three weeks. I think right. it's try to get it healed as much as you can. And you need, like, Watson, both of those guys. I mean, they're speed dependent. Right. So without that hamstring, they're done. Right. So I think you you really I think you're right. I think it was it's a combination of hey we think we can win this game without them, mm-hmm. which I think they would think that no matter what was going on. Right. But yeah. the fact that you have Detroit coming in that quick of a turn, I think you just want those guys. To, you want those guys for the stretch run, mm-hmm. and you're two and one, basically without you know Aaron Jones played most of the first game, but like right. you're two and one having a big cog of your team missing. Yeah. That you got to be happy if you're the Packers at that point. Because yeah, I would have to imagine too, when you're looking at that, if you have to win one between the Saints and, and the Lions, you know, before the game started, you're probably looking like, okay, the Lions one's a little bit more important, yeah, you know, because of division ramifications and and tiebreakers and, and all that sort of stuff. Well, they kind of stole this game right. against the Saints, so that kind of really changes it a little bit at this point too. I think. And you you got to wonder. I mean, just looking at the schedule, if they choose to hold out another for another week, you get that longer week because you're going from a Thursday to a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. So if, say, like Aaron Jones or Watson still have a little bit of lingering issues, that's almost a two-week span now you have. And then you have a buy right after that, too. you have a buy right after. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's lingering that we don't see somebody until Denver. Mm-hmm. So that's almost a month yeah. that they could be completely healed. I I feel like they will play before that, but if you had to, like Bakhtiari, I, I, I just I I'm not putting any expectations. Yeah, I would on shut him down until Den- the Denver game if that's yeah. the if that's the case because then you got a month and. But I mean, I, I, the way it sounds, I mean, the way it's this keeps acting out that there's just so much damage in there yeah. that it's just we don't. I mean, we'll never know the extent probably until he's done playing, right? And he'll tell us. I mean, how many surgeries has he had already? Right, and there's still that. fluid being built up in yeah. there. You know, I know we talked to. Every Friday we talk to Dr. Crow uh, from Chippewa Valley Orthopedics, and, you know, it's like he, he's always said, the ACL's fine. You know, the ACL's fine. It's probably – it's just the cartilage damage that's doing the most yeah. and that filling up and the fluid and all there. It's like – it's that's why, you know, whenever we see these injuries and, like, trying to do timelines and all that, there's – everybody's different. Yeah. Not everybody's Adrian Peterson who tears his ACL the final game of the season, and then he's back and wins MVP right. the following year. I mean, we've had you amazing know? turnarounds now for that injury that used to be like a two-year. It's kind of like Tommy John. Right. Like, the, the guys are coming back faster than they ever have. ACL, mm-hmm. that used to be a two-year injury. Yep. You weren't coming back that next year. It was another year there. So it's amazing what's happened. But if anybody's ever had, like, cart- torn cartilage, and, and I've had it in my knee, yeah. it just floats around there unless you get it cleaned out. Right. And it feels like you destroyed your knee because it'll hit the right place mm-hmm. and i bet you that's what happened with bakhtiar i mean it, I, again we'll never know we won't we don't really know the total extent of that but yep. i think i don't know this is going to affect him the rest of his career if he chooses to retire i don't think anybody would 
It, it sounds like it, for me, it feels like this would have been if this was twenty years ago. Yeah, that would have been a career-ending injury. Yeah, but credit to him that he's still trying to get out there because he knows how much money he's yeah. getting. Yep. Oh yeah. And I think he wants to get out there and show people that hey, when he's out there, guy. he's still a really good player. Right. That's the thing too. It's like he probably doesn't want to end his career. Nobody wants to end their career on an injury. No, especially when you know you're still playing at a high level. Right. And you can go out. It's just. What can if you can only get them in handfuls? Granted, you don't. You look at the salary and you're like, okay, it's hard to right. just. But if you get them and you get them in big games, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That is a guy out there that you can depend on. It's not like he's out there when he's and, and he's, people are just running around him. Right. He's still one of the best in the league when he can play, and you, you mm-hmm. want him out there when you can. Yeah, it's uh, it's giving me flashbacks of 2011 almost. In that playoff game against the Giants, where they lost when Green Bay was fifteen and one, and they were rotating between Clifton and Marshall Newhouse every series, right? Because Clifton was just falling apart. Yeah, he yeah. Was, yeah, he probably shouldn't have been. It was one of those where he probably should have retired the year before. But right, you needed him out there because they had no one else. Right. Yep. I just remember it was just the rotation at left tackle. I'm like, that's probably not no ideal for a premier position like that. Oh, exactly. But uh, you know, one guy before we have to take a quick break here too. That maybe just increased his price tag a little bit yesterday, Rashawn Gary. Oh, my goodness. I just saw this uh, pop up on Twitter. So, yeah, he's still on a pitch count, too, which is just ridiculous. You, you wouldn't know it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> four quarterback hits and three sacks on just 23 snaps yesterday. He is a beast. I mean, this is. A, <laughs> let's always think back. This was a guy that was. It, it's very, like. Devonte Adams esque. This mm-hmm. is a guy who was considered a bust, right? Because he didn't do enough his rookie year. Yep. Committed Too high himself. of a pick when yeah. he was first picked, you know. Committed himself to just improving and improving, and he's just out there dominating guys. Mm-hmm. Like the, all of his sacks were just it was like the Kool Aid Man busting through the wall, right? Just getting to the quarterback and throwing. And, and even like the one that Carr got hurt, there's nothing dirty about that no, play. He no. jumped to grab him, right, and then fell to the ground. In that one they had on Jameis in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. it's just I mean it's amazing the man. I, it, it's so fun to watch somebody grow the way he has, and like you said, he's gonna he's gonna reap the rewards here at some point with a, yeah. with a new contract. I just because it uh, they reposted it, but uh, you know, it was obviously before you guys got in the locker when Lafleur was handing out game balls, and he had two of them, and the first one he gave to Rashawn Gary, and as soon as he gave it to Gary, you could see the emotion kind of coming yeah. on Gary's face. You can tell that, and then I was watching his presser after the game yesterday too. And he's still have the mindset. He's like, because right away he's talking about, yeah, I got to watch film. There was probably a couple other ones I missed out on. Um, it's not about him, essentially. He kept talking about the impact I can have on this team, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, for all that stuff that when he first starts his career, not even before he takes a snap. Right. Already labeling him a bust. Yeah, he never did enough in college. Why yep, did we draft never, this guy? Yep, exactly. We already got, you know, Preston, Zadarius. We don't need to draft a, an edge rusher, you know, that or And boy, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> what a force he has been so far. And then you add that, and Kenny Clark's been playing very well. Yeah. Too. And, and, and the D-backs played very, you know, really, I mean, the defense as a whole looked really yeah. good, except for one drive, really. Mm-hmm. The one where they scored their offensive touchdown. And that was a short field. Yeah. You know, because that was the fourth and two, and then you give them a short field yeah. right away. And they so. were they had their backs against the wall for a lot of that, mm-hmm. a lot of the first three quarters, and they held up. So, yeah. it, 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 credit to Joe Barry in that defense. That's where I, I kind of felt like there were some fans that maybe were a little too critical, and they shouldn't have been about Joe Barry yesterday. I, I don't know if it's just an easy target 
It is. For 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 a lot of people out there? It's a Packer tradition, I think, at this point to mm-hmm. target unless we're a Buddy Ryan running out the Bears defense there in eighty five. I don't think right. anybody's ever has been happy. I think Fritz Shermer was probably Fritz the Shermer, yeah. was the last defensive coordinator that everybody was had a consensus that they really liked for the Packers. Right? That's that's a good name poll, and I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any, like, through the years, there's always been some kind of... Until Jim Leonard is now defense coordinator. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wisconsin tradition there. Yep. <laughs> Throwing out a name. <laughs> exactly. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big, big, big thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Always appreciate all of you who tune in and uh, check out our episodes. Don't forget to be a friend and tell a friend about the Man Cave Podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, rate and review five stars, positive reviews, so others can find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper. Big thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.